0: I am the founder of the Predator Defense Dog. The breed was started in the early 2000s. It was first officially recognized by the ARF in 2012. When we originally named the breed, we didn't anticipate some of the issues that would come about down the road because of that name. We originally named the breed Boar because at that time we were using Russian Boar to test the dog's working ability. The dogs that had the grit, strength, and will to catch and stop a boar by himself earned the name Boarbaiser, Baiser being Old German for biter. But over time, we started seeing that a lot of people thought, because of the name, that the breed was a recreation of the old extinct Bullenbaiser breed, which it is not. Then there were lots of other people that thought that, because of the name, its main purpose was as a hog hunting dog. Although it can do this job, it wasn't its main purpose. Then there was a whole other group of people that, because of the way the name sounds, thought that it was a type of boar bowl or something like that. Besides all that, most people couldn't pronounce it and had no clue what it even meant. It became apparent that it would be in the breed's best interest to give it a more fitting and accurate name. Since the breeds conception, we had described its official use as a dog to protect the family and farm from predators. It was a no brainer really, Predator Defense Dog was the perfect name. It described exactly what the dog was and there is no other dog out there with a similar sounding name. Nor does any other dog breed use the term Predator Defense Dog in its description. The Predator Defense Dog is a farm utility dog, bred to do a multitude of tasks with guarding farms from predators and family protection being its main purpose. The main thing that sets this breed apart from other US bred farm dogs and livestock guarding breeds is it typically has way more grit and drive. As far as I'm concerned, if you get a good example of the breed, there really isn't any bad traits. Besides the usual job of guarding the farm, the dogs are used for family protection, hog catching, hunting companions, hiking companions, as well as our own testing process that we use to make sure every dog that makes it into our program has the grit and other qualities it takes to do the job of a predator defense dog. Anyone needing a loyal guardian for the family or a large piece of property could do well with this breed. We're still in the breed's infancy, so we really need serious working dog enthusiasts to take an interest in the breed, as well as dedicated breeders that will breed these dogs rigidly to their standard. I've owned and handled a lot of breeds over the years, so this will be a short list. I really like the Chinese Red Dogs. They seem to be really tough dogs, um, like the Caucasian Shepherds, the Tibetan Mastiffs. Never owned a Fila Brasileiro, but I hear good things about them as well. Um, But it's really just not many breeds out there I haven't had some kind of dealing with at some point. I'd just like to say thank you for helping to give the Predator Defense Dogs some exposure. If anyone is interested in getting some more info on the breed, they can check us out at WeaponXKennels.com or the breed club site, pddcoa.com. Thank you.
1: So I got uh, my first Anatolian cross in July of 2010. Um, He was three quarters Anatolian and one quarter Great Pyrenees. He was a wonderful dog. He did the job he was bred to do from eight weeks old. He alerted to a black bear sow in our yard going after the goats. Um, I've got a story about that. <laughs> it involves me chasing the bear off with a sword. Wow. But, um, I mean, just a, a wonderful dog. And because um, they eight-week-old puppy, they can't take on a black bear. It's just not no. fair. Um, but, I mean, so to that point, that's what kind of opened my eyes to like, Oh, this, this breed, like, wow, they're really incredible. Um, looking at, you know, in 2010 the availability of a purebred Anatolian shepherd that was from working lines. I was actually working with livestock was not great. Um, we moved from Phoenix up to Montana mm-hmm. that year and, I had to go over to Washington state just to get my mutt mail. (laughs) So if that tells you anything, like it was, they were harder to come by the LGDs. Now it it seems everybody's breeding them, but yeah, getting my first one, it it was hard to find him. And then I got him and he was wonderful. Um, and at that point I started looking into the purebreds. Um, I called around to different breeders. I was in my twenties. I was what? 10 years ago. I was 22. Um, that did not help the long term invested breeders, trust me, <laughs> very much. Right. I was pretty I was like the young whippersnapper who wanted to like, you know, ruin their dogs probably because I had a mutt that also didn't look good, right? Um and then so I, I kinda got the idea that like no one was gonna sell me a dog.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> so then I decided to go ahead and look at, you know, Turkey. I'm like, well, I can maybe get one from overseas, and then I'll have, like, I'll know it's legit, and if I get it off of, you know, a goat operation, I know it'll work, hopefully. Um, And the more people I talk to, the more they ask to talk to my husband, not me, Mm -hmm. Um, which is, you know, when you're importing dogs, you run into cultural things, let's Mm -hmm. call them. Mm -hmm. And um, so one of the cultural things I was noticing in the, the Turkish breeders was they did not want to do business with a woman. They wanted to talk to my husband Mm -hmm. and my husband is a wonderful man, but he does not have my same knowledge of dogs or Mm. (laughs) I mean, he, he, he loves the dogs. He thinks they're great, but he doesn't make the decisions for the dogs. (laughs) That's me. So, um, after talking to a few guys over in turkey who were like yeah put your husband on the phone and i'm like he's at work and also he doesn't really care like let's be honest my husband doesn't care Mm -hmm. if i'm happy with a dog he'll be happy with the dog like he doesn't want to talk to you about dogs um whereas i will sit on the phone for hours and talk about dogs (laughs) so um that kind of turned me off i mean in 2012 i was basically like well screw anatolians then if i can't get people to work with me um I bred crosses for a bit, and then my original male got injured working and actually got paralyzed in his rear legs,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and he ended up, like, crawling and, like, digging himself a hole and getting into it, um, so he was, like, done, done <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> after two weeks of hydrotherapy and laser treatments and steroids and everything. He was just like, I can't work. I'm done. Um, that was... That was horrible, but it created a vacuum mm-hmm. in my pack. Um, so I had to find another dog that could take his place pretty seamlessly and pretty quickly. Because mm-hmm. I had a young dog and I had my other mixed bitch. And um, so that's when I got my mail, mm-hmm. Duke. That's how I got Duke, because he was 20 months old. He was a leader of his like litter mates and his pack. He was very good at his job. He was the pick. Um, I went ahead and I brought him in. And so that's how I got into the Shars. And now after, what, five, five and a half years um, with the Shars, I'm, you know... I've always liked the Anatolians. <laughs> I've always liked them a lot. It's just uh, getting people to trust me with them has been a, mm-hmm. a bit of a journey. But I almost two years ago got on a wait list for an um, Anatolian puppy. And that's my female that I have now mm-hmm. that I got um, about a year and a half ago. And she's from a very, very reputable breeder, Uh, down in Southern California, and I now just brought in a male uh, from that same breeder, actually, who was um, in New Mexico and having troubles with barking. (laughs) The neighbors did not appreciate him, Um, so I brought him up here, um, and he's not barking at all, and he's wonderful, so he just needed a different type of environment, probably, that's all it was, and Mm -hmm. um, so he's doing great. And we're really excited for them. Um, he's got OFA good hips and CV will go in in March to get her hips evaluated. So uh, if that all comes in good and their DNA comes back right, we will hopefully have Anatolian puppies in 2021. Oh. <laughs> so um, it's, it's a really nice breed. Um, it's it's got, you know, good and the bad to it like any breed Mm -hmm. but they are good at their jobs they are consistent and um, if you get them from the right places like they're excellent so the anatolian shepherd dog is an akc recognized breed they um were sort of invented here in the u.s um an anatolian shepherd is basically a a livestock guardian dog from turkey Mm -hmm. So, that is pretty encompassing. Um, the Kangals, which are tan with a black mask, to the Akbash, which are solid white, and um, really to the, the field dogs that are mostly in any color, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, um, except for Meryl. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Anatolian Standard is pretty wide open mm-hmm. on color. Mm-hmm. Um, They say that all colors are acceptable. Um, That's a blessing and a curse in and of itself just because you've got people who want to breed the white ones to have white ones and you have people who really love the brindles um, or people who want like the traditional look. Um, When you have a dog breed that's so wide open you definitely have factions form Mm. of people who only want one look. Um, It's more, it's a little funky that way, but, um, I mean, these are large sized dogs. They are very loyal, somewhat independent, but I find that the Anatolians do care more about my opinions than, uh, maybe some of the other LGD breeds do. Um, they bond well to their people. They are really dutiful with the stock. If you have them working with livestock, mm-hmm um it can get intense but you know i think they're deep they're like more the sprinters the dog world so Mm -hmm. if nothing's going on they're pretty laid back and it's nap city Mm -hmm. but if something is going down you know they get serious real quick um they they can basically range um i think my my females probably gonna hit like 100 pounds when she's grown and my males about 120 Mm -hmm. um there are people with larger, larger versions and slightly smaller versions. Um, with the Anatolians, the, the good points are that they're they're more commonly sold and used for you know family dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're more popular than some of the other LGD breeds, which you know is a blessing and maybe not so much. But they do that does come with people who care about health testing. You can find a health tested Anatolian litter in almost any state, I would guess, Mm -hmm. um, at some point this next year. Um, They're available. There are good dogs available in the breed. And there are people who have been in the breed since its inception, um, like, I think, 50 years now. Um, So it's been – it's a newer breed, but it's built off of ancient breeds. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's not that new. Um, Some of the bad stuff, people – especially, um, Kangal people who just have the, the fawn color black mask dogs from Turkey with no white markings, the tight coat. Um, they will say that the Kangal is the true LGD of Turkey and that the Anatolian is basically street dog mutts. Mm -hmm. Um, that's their opinion. They're entitled to it. (laughs) Um, there are also people who, you know, think that Americans have no business naming a dog from another country and mm-hmm. combining breeds together. Um, a lot of Turkish people are not super a fan um, for you know th- that reason, and I get it, and I don't fault them for that at all. Um, it's a little presumptuous of us, I think (laughs) at some point to be like, we're going to take all your dogs and wash them together and call them our new breed. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, as it stands, the breed is functional. They, it does the job it was bred to do. They're pretty adaptable. Um, I've seen them go from being a full-time working stock dog to if that family sells the farm and moves to town that Anatolian can adjust from stock life to guarding the family and the home and the yard a lot mm-hmm. easier than some other breeds have,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Um, so I find them very adaptable. I find them, you know, workable, responsive. They're they're wonderful temperament dogs um, that can vary by the lines. Another iffy thing about the Anatolians is there's some uh, – there are some – genealogy lines that are affected, um, with not like actual Springer rage, but if you remember Springer rage from like the nineties where a lot of Springer Spaniels would just for no good reason, just kind of snap and bite their family. Mm -hmm. Um, there are some similar symptoms that we've seen in some of the, um, not necessarily AKC registered Anatolian dogs. But people who call them an Anatolian Shepherd, and then it does some crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It is usually motivated by resource guarding. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: From what I've seen, um, there was one guy who got mauled by his own dog and almost killed by his own dog um, for trying to take a dead piglet away from him. So um, with a great... Size and temperament dog does come great responsibility, and we do have to, you know, check ourselves and our dogs. Um, but you know, for all the the bad things that come along with the breed, I think the good definitely outweighs them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, everyone I've met personally, including some of the offshoots, like. Um, You'll hear about probably the Boz Shepherd Mm -hmm. at some point if you're delving deep into Turk-fraid dogs. Um, And whether or not you believe a Boz Shepherd is a breed or if you believe it's an LGD breed or a fighting dog breed, um, at the end of the day, you know, if it's a fawn black mass dog from Turkey, a lot of people would call that a Kangal or an Antolian. Um, So they do kind of get lumped in. Even though they do have, um, you know, like the Malakly, the the Mastiff bred into them, and some other breeds um, coming in that basket of fun. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's just it's it's hard for a new person, I think, to look at an Anatolian Shepherd dog and be able to discern what exactly it is, and if it actually is what people are calling it. Um, I would just refer them to the AKC or the um, the Antonio Shepherd Dog Club of America.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Check the standard. See if that breeder is actually registered with the breed club. Um, these things are important to check up on. And again, the health testing. If they're not health testing, um, please give someone else your money. Right. <laughs> um, just because, you know, you're not getting the full picture when you buy an untested line dog. Uh, you just don't know what you're getting so um but these guys it's important they are again larger and they need to have you know every leg up we can give them to be healthy and Mm long-lived so yeah but they're they're really nice dogs i mean they they love children this male i got um he's five He has never lived with children and I have feral farm children. I have a six-year-old and an almost nine-year-old boys and they are intense, let's say. And he has just taken it in complete stride. He's been here less than a week now and he is just amazing. Like the day after he came here, my six-year-old literally like fell with his knee on the dog's paw while he was asleep. And the dog like, Got up and startled, but did not bite my child, which I probably would have bit my child if it was me that he did that too. S- it's like super solid temperament. Amaz- like I just watched it in horror, of course, from across the room. And I was like, no. And he did perfect. So, you know, most dogs you take out of a situation where they've never hardly met human children to then getting trampled. By a human child while they are asleep, you would assume that's a bite. Mm-hmm. That's just going to be a bite and we'll deal with it. No, it wasn't. It was amazing. I was just like, wow, you're like, I'm like, check the box for breeding quality on temperament right there. Mm-hmm. Like, nailed it. Um, so, you know, there's there's things that I look at like that and I'm like, you know what? I don't know that I would have handled it that well. <laughs> all right. So, um, they're they're impressive. Like, that's all I can say. They're mm-hmm. impressive dogs and they you know after having dogs similar to them for 10 years i look at that and i'm just like wow like that's awesome Mm -hmm. that's that's good breeding that that's generational that's not just something that just happened on accident you know like that that's built in for a long time to be stable and that's good Mm -hmm. especially in a dog that's 120 pounds So we like stable dogs. What is your
2: favorite breed that you've never owned or handled, but you're interested in? Why? <laughs>
1: um, I do. We we did have an issue here, um, with a neighbor involving them, like pulling a gun on me on my own property. At that point, I did kind of wish. That I had, uh, probably not a Malinois, they're just too much for me, but like probably a really well bred working line German Shepherd that I could have, you know, sent up to go take care of somebody like that mm-hmm. um, rather than be held at gunpoint for 10 minutes until I convinced him to leave. Um, and I mean, when that happened, it was by my pasture, but I sent my dogs up away, because I was like, do not shoot my dogs. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's how much I love my dogs. I set my dogs away from the active shooter. Yeah, I think if I was gonna have a dog that I've never owned and handled, and um, it would it would be a trained bite work, mm-hmm. uh, either a Dutchie, probably, or, or a German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it would have to come from really nice lines. Mm -hmm. temperament tested health tested all that all that jazz but if i'm gonna throw 20 grand at a dog that that would probably be the dog that i (laughs) you know shut up and take my money Mm -hmm. give me a trained dog that can uh do exactly what i tell it to do when i tell it to do it um that's something i've not had or handled Mm -hmm. so I, i think that would be Cool to have, but I don't have a daily use for them like I have for the LGDs, you know. Right. So <laughs> with one of like the old, older school jacks, just <laughs> because you can go rat with them. Yeah. Um not like new, like not the parsons, not not like even with like I don't even need a breed standard or a club to go with that. if, if I'm having them to like, you know. Warm my feet up on the couch and also go out and do something productive. Yeah, I'd probably pick like an old school Jack Russell to go, just go out and, um, you know, clear barns and um, clear vehicles. I mean, here we've got chipmunks that will eat through electric wires for God knows why. They'll also eat seals out around the tractor and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, They chew on the seals. And cause leaks and all that stuff. So, like, yeah, something that could get into small tight spaces, um, do some groundwork, and mostly do like just general ratting, mousing, and stuff like that. I think a, a little terrier would be handy. Yeah,
2: most. Definitely. Of course, I
1: understand that I'm literally talking about only dogs that can work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't. I, I grew I grew up with boxers, and they were just pets. Uh-huh. I've, I've had pet dogs. Um, what I find is that when I have a pet dog that has no purpose outside of being a pet, it is disastrous to me when they when they eventually pass away. Okay.
2: Yeah.
1: Um when I when I have working dogs, I'm like, you know what, they they did good work, they fulfilled their purpose. I have I have a better sense that like I gave them a good life. When I can take a working bred dog and give it the opportunity to do what it wanted to do,
2: Uh
1: (laughs) I feel better about that. No matter how they die, yeah. Than if I just had them sit on a couch with me for their whole life, and I'm like, God, was that enough? I don't like that feeling. So I like I like knowing that I gave them a good life that they wanted (laughs) at the end of it. Then then I can feel you know good about it,
3: no matter what. So I choose Central Asian Shepherd because I I met this dog as a child. I was six years old when I first met this breed, six or seven. I didn't go to school yet. So I fell in love as a child, and when I was 14, I was able to get my first one, right? And it was totally my dog. Uh, I fell in love with this breed because it's very independent. It's rare, and I like that this dog have a human... Uh, Human attitude, they try to use the brain instead of just serve you. This is what I like compared to other breeds. Because I always like English Bull Terrier. Mm-hmm. Even some people say, oh my God, it looks like a pig or shark. <laughs> I always thought it's a funny looking dog. But when I was thinking, do I want to have a Bull Terrier or Central Asian Shepherds? I choose Central Asian Shepherds because I want to have a more independent dog and who use the brain instead of a prey drive. So I'm, I looked at the history of the breed, almost 5,000 year uh, breed history, independent dogs, always helped people, uh, even people didn't even fed them and not given them much love and petting. This breed is extremely faithful and they do great job, guard your house, mm-hmm. guard your stock. This is what
2: I like about them compared to other breeds. Could you the uh, question number two? Could you explain some maybe some of the downside of to a Central Asian and who shouldn't own one?
3: Uh, uh it's a uh, it's a good family dog, but it's only good for your family. So if you have a friends coming to your house, you need to be sure the dog know these people and be prepared that maybe this time this dog will not like these people anymore. It's a part of the breed being aloof so if you are a very social person and you want your dog to bring a uh, beer from refrigerator to your guest central asian shepherd not the best choice for you if you're a person who want to have a, a protected a house or a yard who like to go for hikes right you don't need to go or, like uh, running or anything but you like to be active mm-hmm. this breed is good for you if you have a lot of land and you want the dog to protect this territory this breed is good for you. Mm-hmm. If you live in a tiny apartment with a bunch of neighbors, everywhere this dog will bark, and this dog will not develop very good in such uh, in such containment, so Central Asian Shepherd is not good for you. Mm-hmm. So this dog for people who wanna have an independent guardian breed, and who understands that dogs should not be petted by everyone. Yeah, yeah,
2: most definitely. What sets you apart?
3: I would say uh, I'm different from uh, somebody in United States because I'm not taking the look. I'm taking the temperament of the breed. Mm -hmm. So I'm not breeding for uh, height or weight. Mm I'm not breeding for a specific color. Like some people breed just the white dogs, mm-hmm. you know, some people breed just the Merle bulldogs and it's disaster. If you, if you really go deep with it, right, mm-hmm. these people don't care if you do Merle and Merle and Merle, that's it. It's a dead dogs. So I try to look at temperament and I want to see the dog. If you, if you look at the Central Asia uh, older pictures, mm-hmm. people with a sheep, uh and and you can say oh this look like what i have but if you say hey that dog is kind of too small and kind of too skinny i have a dog who's you know hit 200 pounds it means that you're in the wrong spot
2: mm-hmm.
3: so i'm looking for versatility the dog who use the brain who is a decent size of course it's a big breed who has a longer lifespan better health nice teeth and dog who can do the job so it should be a guardian of your house, mm-hmm. of everything you have. If you travel and live in a car and you took your dog with you, it should protect your car, mm-hmm. your van or anything, right? Just example. So I'm looking at the breed as a wool, not just some fashionable colors or traits or anything like this.
2: Right, definitely. Uh, question four is, uh, what is your favorite breed of dog that you've never personally owned or had much experiences handling?
3: I would still think that uh, I still like uh, English Bull Terrier, mm-hmm. but I did have few clients with this breed, and I didn't really like what I see, but again, maybe it was not good upbringing, right? It was mm-hmm. too nervous breed for me. It mm-hmm. was too needy, you know, always in your face, always mm-hmm. like whining and painting. So, i still thought that maybe i could get a nice bull terrier i think right you know, like imaginary but uh i would say that if i would get other dog again for more like indoor dog i would get a american bulldog again from a walking lines mm-hmm. the dogs who are maybe still hunt you know the hog hunting mm-hmm. the dog who is uh, participating in the weight pulling i really like american bulldog i think it's a great breed so I will get, get it again, in a heartbeat.
2: Uh-huh. what about a small dog? Uh,
3: I'm not much into the decorative breeds. Even I do boards of my client's dogs. So I can have a Shih Tzu, I can have this. But I want to have something doable. You know, I like to wrestle with the dogs, right? Um, I, I like to play tug and war with the dog. So with <coughs> the this, this tiny dogs, I'm not much into it. So, um... I don't know, maybe I would have something like a bagel for hunting to searching for, a, you know, like a blood trail. But I don't know, it's kind of like being too much. So I'm not into the small breed at all. All right. I don't like crossbreeding too much unless it's doing uh, this idea to, uh, to improve the breed. So it should be almost like a scientific
2: mm-hmm. way
3: to do it, right? I don't like people who, who crossbreed. I think it's no reason to at all. It's mm-hmm. enough breeds. It's so many breeds exist. Unless you try to improve something, it's no reason to crossbreed the breeds, especially if it's like a German Shepherd and Poodle. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. No way. Poor Poodle. They have to breed with everything people bring them. Right. No. <laughs> Only if it's for walking abilities. But again, people say, I'm breeding Malinois with a German Shepherd to create something. Okay, you need to do it for 20 years to create a new breed. Mm -hmm. It's not like you mix it once and see what happens. No, you need to do the job.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, do you have any last words, anything that you would like to share?
3: Uh, Yes, I would like to tell everyone who want to do breeding of whatever breeds they want or people who want to jump in and breeding of uh, exotic breeds to think twice what they can improve in a breed or can they keep the breed as it was thousand years ago. Because when we talk about improving, it means make the dog living longer, having less health problem. We are not talking about couple more pounds or blue eyes. Okay? So I wanna tell to people who wanna have rare breed like Central Asian Shepherd to think twice and see if this breed will feed their lifestyle because I don't want to see this wonderful breed end up in the shelter or have a bad rap as some breeds are mm-hmm. because they will bite someone. Mm-hmm. So think twice before applying for a puppy. And if breeder is not asking you many questions and not telling you how not easy this breed is, better not to get the puppy. Better keep looking.
2: Mm-hmm. Most definitely. All right. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, it was really thank fun. you. It was really fun to listen to, and and uh, I think it will go over pretty well.
3: I want people to buy this book, so they can learn about the breed before they got the puppy. Right. That's yeah. what I want people to do. I want them to learn and think twice. Oh, my God, should I have this breed? Because I don't know. I want people to come to my house and be greeted by the dog. I don't know if I need a dog who I need to hide from a people, Mm -hmm. uh, something like that. Or I don't need a dog who who cannot go to the dog park. It's Mm -hmm. not a dog park dog. Mm -hmm. So I want people to read the book and like, okay, maybe I'm not ready yet. But once I will move into some land, I can have this breed. Or first, maybe I will have a German Shepherd. And then I see how I can control German Shepherd
2: first. All right.